What's up, everybody? This is Jetpack Nick, and you're about to tune into the Hollow Talk podcast. I wanted to take a moment to thank you all for tuning in and showing your support. I hope you enjoy the episode you're about to listen to. Be sure to subscribe to the Hollow Talk podcast to stay updated with new episodes. Thank you, and we love you all. Welcome, everybody, to the Hollow Talk Podcast. This is Jetpack Nick, and I'm here with a very special guest today, my big cousin. He's also like a big brother to me, Jason O'Neill. Say what's up to the people. What is up, people? What is going on? <laughs> How you doing today, man? Bro, I'm ha- I'm really happy to be here. I'm really happy to be doing this, but I'm also happy that I like physically saw y'all for the first time in like a good few years it had to be yeah. at least since like 2017 2016 yeah yeah man so i mean yeah. sad circumstances but you know, no yeah is. yeah i mean but you know like <laughs> regardless of that you know it's it's always good to see y'all you know you travel a lot so you know it, it was hard <laughs> to, you know, to catch up to you but you know i'm glad we was able to you know catch up and you know i'm glad that we're doing this too facts big facts yeah so for the people who don't know can you let them know who you are what you're about and what you do Yes, yes, I can. Okay, uh, so as my cuz slash bro mentioned, uh, my name is Jason O'Neill. Uh, I am a performer, but I also have uh, a deep background uh, on stage and off stage. So, uh, but the same thing with like on camera and uh, and behind the camera. Uh, so I have worked in a lot of different capacities, doing. Um, productions either as a performer or as a active crew member uh high school i went to a performing arts high school uh, i studied a little bit of musical theater uh, i left school to start auditioning uh i traveled for a really long time with a performance group called uh the young americans so this is a group we would travel all over the world teaching music workshops to kids and schools but then at the end of uh, every workshop we would do a performance for anywhere from 300 to 2000 people mm-hmm. uh that yeah that was, that was a cool experience that took us like across europe and like the uk and japan uh but i got to a point uh where like i, I realized i wanted to make it my goal to to be 50 50 until i could like really all the way be you know uh making my livelihood as, a, as an actor and I, I decided that i wanted to no matter the circumstance uh, whether it's on stage, off stage, on screen, uh, or behind the camera, uh, to be, have that be my only streaming source of revenue. Uh, and it took a while, and it was a lot of journeys. Like, but in those journeys, I toured uh, with musicals. Right. I toured uh, with stunt shows as a carpenter, uh, and somehow in the mix of all that, led me to what I'm doing today. Uh, I work in film as a rigging grip. Okay, so I like I don't really know what that means. Say, so I'm pretty sure the listeners don't either. So can you explain what a rigging grip does on on sets? Absolutely. So okay, um, there's always pockets that certain crews are responsible for, right? So when you think about like all the lights that you see, you know, or like how how is this looking looking that way? You know, it's usually the electricians they put together the lights, right? Now, the grips, they are responsible for carving or shaping the light that you see. Uh, So, like, imagine you got this giant light, and it's, like, really harsh and blinding on the actress's Mm -hmm. face, right? Now, you always want things, like, brighter than they usually are because the camera itself is going to eat a lot of the light. But if you have what's called, like, overexposure, what grips are doing, we are diffusing the light so that it spreads more evenly, maybe even softens the light. We'll put gels up, those kinds of things. Like, you know, you, you've done a lot of stage in your life. Right, so like right. You remember seeing all the gels and things mm-hmm. on the lights, like on the rails above you. So the grips are manipulating the light to the uh, key grip and to the gaffer and to the director of photography's liking. Like we're, we're manipulating and bending the light. But along with that, we're also responsible for uh, rigging elements, right? So like there's like the, the grips that are running around, putting up the shades and like holding, you ever seen the people with the bounce cards and they're bouncing <laughs> light in somebody's face, right? 
It's like they, they're what you would call like a first and second unit grip. Uh, but there's also what's called rigging grips, which is what I primarily do. Um, and rigging grips are responsible for literally rigging the majority of things that go into the air. These lights have to hang and these lights have to hang from 60 feet up. It's our responsibility to get inside of baskets. We're wearing harnesses. We're putting tons of truss in the sky, pipes in the sky. Uh, we're safety in all these things because what goes up should not come down. <laughs> Until we make it come down. Right. <laughs> but it's uh, it's not just exclusive, though, to lights, right? So, like, you know, you watch the behind the scenes of movies and yeah, stuff like absolutely. that, right? So, like, so you'll see there will be, like, you know, a whole bunch of dudes that are, like, in battle uniforms. And, like, there's props around. That, like, it looks like they're fighting at a beach. But then it's just this giant green screen everywhere, this giant blue screen. I, I ain't everywhere. gonna lie, that always trips me out. I'm like, it's crazy, right? You, you, you wasn't on the beach this whole time, dude. Like, not at all. <laughs> but so the rigging grips, when you see those massive blue screens and those massive green screens, that's a part of our job as well. Well, actually, when you're rigging on like a major motion picture, mm -hmm. especially if it's like an action motion picture, that's like the majority of your job is. Uh, finding unique and creative ways with your uh, with your best boy and your key grip to put all these giant screens all over the place so we continue to fool you into believing that we're fighting on the beach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, movie magic, right? It's, it is movie magic. That's yeah, that is that was a very underrated phrase for me for a long time. And then like seeing this stuff like I get tricked at work all the time. <laughs> No, I, okay. So, so like for me, right? Like how you had mentioned, like mm -hmm. I've I've done uh, theater and I've done uh, film. So yes, congratulations so, thank to you, you too. Thank yeah. you. So, so, so with the film, right? Like, I like I've talked mm -hmm. about this like numerous occasions on other episodes of the pod, but talking to you specifically, right? Like, I don't know what all those things look like on the camera because I haven't seen what the film looks like yet. So, yeah, I think for me to like get a, a better grasp of like how those things look on camera and how like how it looks at uh um with the with the final product I'll have to see the movie that I was in when it comes out <laughs> <laughs> but like when I was on set like I like I I didn't really notice any of those things or maybe I maybe it was there I just didn't know what it was at the time <laughs> but uh like like they had like we had we had got mic'd up and everything uh like they had you know like the the the, the lights and they had like the shade over the light and everything yeah. uh it had different cameras set up in different places so I'm pretty sure like all the things that that you do you would have done on that set too I just didn't know that's what it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah, so I like, like I said, I definitely ha I definitely would have to see the movie to to like fully understand what was going on as far as the camera. Oh, what you were a part of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say to your point too. Like, I mean, that for you to to say that you didn't notice those things for us as like grips or like rigging guys, that's the goal. Like you, really? Like, yeah, man. Because like, okay, so like an audio guy. Sure, you sh you should know these people because like they're gonna get personal with you. They're they're literally putting their hand right. up, up up your right. shirt to to mic you. You know, so like that's gonna be like a more personable relationship. But with the element of danger that exists in our job, the you you I'm not gonna say you should be worried if you see me, but it's like if if you see me, it's most likely because something is wrong or something needs to change. Gotcha. Right now, but if it's if it's done right, like I'm I'm eating peanuts somewhere, you have. <laughs> no idea what i just did like that's like the real way you know <laughs> okay so so let me ask you this so does it does it change depending on like what do you like what you're working on like let's let's say for instance like if it's like a play and you're doing theater like does it change mm -hmm. the way that you do your job like in that setting as opposed to doing doing like on a feature film what one thousand percent so I mean, even the the types of jobs that I do are are different when I'm doing stage stuff comparatively to like film stuff. When I'm doing stage stuff, I'm uh, usually a carpenter, right? Like I'll be a production carpenter or like a head carpenter, which are, it's an interchangeable title. It's relatively the same thing. But that person, like let's say I'm on tour, like that. So I used to tour with Stomp, uh, the the musical. I did the, mm -hmm. the North America tour for. 
about seven months and then this whole thing called the coronavirus <laughs> i don't know if you heard, you heard about this thing yeah like, yeah, yeah. Like, i heard about it, it. Wow. I, heard, I, heard, like, I heard a little bit about it like, like niggas got sick like it was like <laughs> crazy so um but up until that point i toured with them as a production carpenter right so like my job was to make sure the set was placed and intact right that was my job before the show started um but also you're kind of like the point or like the foreman responsible for general safety as well because you know the set can fall right so uh you you're kind of keeping an eye out on everyone and make sure anything that like an actor is going to touch stand on uh even be near like in proximity of has to be fully safe and like like fully fully tied down fully secured before they touch it or are right. a part of it right um now stomp if you're familiar with it right like the, the the vibe of the show they're making music on just like general junk and i mean like literally junk like 50 gallon barrels and you know like boxes and all kinds of like crates and they're they're making music with like with uh brooms as drumsticks mm. and all that kind of stuff right so like we had literal junk walls all over the place. So I just tell people I professionally hung trash, like in, in theaters, like that was like my responsibility. <laughs> but that's, that's like, it's like different in the capacity of like, I'm building uh, for structural support for actors to run and kick and and all this but also for it to be like the first thing that the audience is going to see like as they're coming in and that kind of stuff then like you know i'm flying things off of rails and those kinds of things that like mm -hmm. drop in drop out hearing myself say this though it's very bizarre that i just realized like they only feel different those are they're actually extremely similar jobs because like rigging sometimes our job is to rig the set so that the set can fly in and out or we literally on um well i mean i guess i guess this is an opportune time to say what the the picture was yeah. uh so when i was working on uh, uh wakanda forever oh. Um, oh. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, this just got spicy <laughs> when I, uh working on that film uh one element was like we had to take a giant set piece and raise it in the air and then drop it into a 25 foot tall, I don't know how many gallons of water, but um, pool, right? So it's like the same capacity of like building the set that I would uh, as a carpenter, pretty similar to like taking this set piece and rigging it to fly in and out uh, as a rigging grip, like in, in film. So it's like hearing myself like talking through, I'm like, oh wow, they are different, but they are kind of the same thing. Right. Real quick, I didn't mm -hmm. even notice that you had the hoodie on until just now. Yeah, I didn't even notice yeah. that until you no, said no, something. No, I, I, wore, I wore my swag today for you, Kezo. <laughs> like, uh... I like it. I like, see, this, 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 you, this, you only get this content on the Hollow Talk podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> only here. <laughs> no, I had to, you know, I had to, I had to, I had to shout out my crew, but also if I can, if I can beef up. Uh, the show for you yeah. for the culture, bro. Then I'm gonna do it. Man. Hey, listen, you, you know that, that, that's that's all we do. We we push the culture forward, and you know, we're kind of forever. You know, like. there it is, bro. So okay, so go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say it. It, it honestly, like just mentioning in the culture, it was like you. I, I did pull back tears often, remembering the legacy of like what I was doing. And like, we did the picture. A lot of it was at the Tyler Perry studios and I had oh, never wow. seen it before this. And like, Dang this is like my first big motion picture to work on, you know? So it's like, I, there were a lot of moments where I was like, I, you know what I mean? Like I'm like pinching myself. <laughs> like I, I still can't believe like, I'm like here, this is, this is crazy. Oh man. Damn. Tyler Perry Studios <laughs> and Wakanda forever. <laughs> like it's, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you couldn't get more in the culture if you try. <laughs> okay, so so th this is interesting. So I'm not sure what you can say or what you can't say about mm. working on a film. So I'll let you kind of just go through and talk a little bit about the film if you can. Is sure. that, that that cool? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so I, I can legally say <laughs> that I worked as a rigging grip 
on uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, a part of the MCU. Um, and you can do that, you know, any any working title, they'll always make sure you know the rules for like non-disclosure and that kind of stuff. And okay. like, you're, you're, um, so like they'll, they'll give you code names for a picture or like that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say what the code name right, was. Right, yeah, this, no, you don't. Uh, the film is coming, but like, you know what I mean? Like they'll, they'll do that because, um, I mean, it's 2022, bro. Like, look how easy it is for us to get together, you know, over this platform, have a full conversation. You can record this and like get this to thousands of people, right? In in, in seconds, not even mm-hmm. minutes anymore. In, in in seconds, right? So they they really go through the ringer of trying to like protect everything. Uh, so it ma- even makes your question more interesting because it's like. I can't tell you how many times like my family are like, so like what happens in the movie? Or is like this person gonna do such and such? Is this the villain? I'm like, bro, I don't know. Like I <laughs> I go to work and they're like, you're gonna take these like box trusts and you're gonna make 50 feet of it and bolt it together and then hang a big giant blue screen from it. Right. That's that's the end. That's what they told us <laughs> about the movie. Like that's that's what they told us. So oh, like man. Um, yeah, you're you're kind of catching things as they like happen, but that's that's like really it. Yeah, you know, I, and 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 I, I like because you know, like I, I really don't even like know what to even like ask or like whatever because you know because like because you know like I'm pretty sure like like I could speak for a lot of people with this like when we seen the uh, the trailer come out like the yeah. trailer invokes so much emotions and so many people that seen it so it's like oh shit. I can't like I, I I can't even begin to like imagine how I'm gonna feel when I'm sitting in the theater with all these people that feel the same way and I, like the excitement is 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 palpable and all of these things like shit you actually work on set <laughs> like worked on set and and was like around you know I'm pretty sure it was around like the actors and the actresses uh, mm-hmm. in the film and everybody else that worked on the film as well like how was that experience for you like literally being around that that energy um amazing honestly and it was amazing because specifically like uh the culture like it like if i give you an example uh so you've seen the trailer right yeah and you know how and i can't say what exactly is happening but you know how there's like the scene where you see a lot of people dressed in all white and like it looks like they're kind of like dancing and like celebrating and things right yeah so that's that that's a big mo- it's gonna be a, a pretty pretty dope moment in the movie when you see what it is but like being a part of shooting that day like it it was kind of overwhelming so uh you know uh got you um so like the way i was describing like what the job is and stuff right so right. my responsibility this day with all these beautiful black people just wearing beautiful white guards and there's like drums and everywhere uh my responsibility that day was to hold uh and tie off lines to put this like giant 60 foot by 60 foot sunshade up right so that they could have the right like uh look because it was an outdoor look inside this uh set that looks like a like a wakandan village like almost like a wakandan kind of like marketplace right right like that's that's like the vibes of of where you are um and these people are coming to to do this little like celebration thing um so all i'm seeing is like beautiful black people dressed in like these beautiful all white outfits and these guys marching in with like djembes and all these things right and they're doing this like celebration and it hit me like it like really clicked in my head i'm like oh snap it's february 1st it was the first day of Black History it's Month. Black History Month. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like now you're watching like just like th- the most grandiose like Black excellence happen right in front of your face. Like it's like it's overwhelming, you know, like and I had in the moment, I, I know what it is now, but like in the moment, like no concept of what we're shooting. And and then like I look down and like, like talk about being stuck. I'm realizing that like I'm holding the sunshade over Angela Bassett. You you know what I mean? And it's like (laughs) history, legacy, like her, like who who she is. A legend. 
Icon. You know what I mean? Like even as a as a rigging person, I'm like, this is pretty dope. I'm like, that's Angela Bassett right there. But like as like a a student of acting, I'm like, she's been through it all. <laughs> like she's done it all. Like and she she's right there. It's hard to like remember to do your job. Right. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I, again. I, I could imagine. So I, I could imagine. <laughs> Angela Bassett is a special, special individual. Yeah. So it's like there were there were a lot of elements that were like just like pleasant surprises all over the place. And like a lot of times of like really just being like, wow, like it it just feels good to to know I'm doing anything that's like part of this. And um I can I can vouch that uh again, not saying anything about the the film itself, but I can vouch that uh Letitia Wright is a great person. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh so you we know her from the uh from mm-hmm. the first black panther you know the the younger sister and everything yeah she um, plays shuri right yeah a- absolutely uh she she's an incredible person I, I feel like this was like this is probably the first interaction i had like directly speaking to um uh one of the cast members and stuff but you know we were doing an overnight shoot and there's a car involved and it's gonna be like a wild stunt and she's a part of the scene um and I'm walking to craft services, right? Like to like grab some snacks. Like I'm trying to grab some coffee and stay awake. It's like two forty-five in the morning, right. right? And as I'm walking towards Crafty, I hear this voice. It's like, "Yo, what's going on, man?" And I like look up, <laughs> and she goes, "Man, we got it all, man. We got all the snacks over here, man. What you want? You want some coffee? You want some tea? We got some energy <laughs> drinks, man." And I was like. <laughs> Yo, like, it's just her, just like, just Miss Wright, just standing mm-hmm. there, just being a goofball. And like, but like, you can tell, like, she's doing it to keep her own energy up and like all this stuff. But it's like, it was, it was, it was really human how she was just like talking to like a random stranger and stuff. So we like talk back and forth for like a second. But like, every time she, when, when you have that kind of like an exchange with one of the actors, like every time they walk past after that, that's kind of like in the front of your mind. I think that's like kind of a great way to be because like, let's say she was the opposite, right? Like, let's say like I walked up, she was like, why are you in this space? Like, right. what, are, what are you doing? Or you don't see I'm standing here, like trying to take a blow and get away from everybody or so. Like if she, if she would have been like that, that's what I would see every mm-hmm. time she walks past. And I, I can say that like this cast and I like, I, I feel kind of spoiled that this is my first experience with a major motion picture, but everyone was like that in some way or another. I'm sure there are people who maybe in one exchange or another might feel different. But for me, I could say like, yeah, like it's a lot of celebrating, a lot of love, a lot of kindness, a lot, right. of, a lot of kindness that comes from the actors. I think that those things like kind of trickle down. So now moving forward in film, I kind of think that I'm going to move and navigate, hoping that, you know, actors continue to be that way or if, if i get my chance like uh to to be in a major motion picture like that i hope i'm that way to the crew remembering how they were yeah because so it's actually kind of crazy that you mentioned that too because like i said i had did my uh my first film um a little while ago and i, I took it upon myself to ingratiate myself with the like the cast and crew uh you know yeah. like, like like during the breaks and everything like between lines and scenes like i would you know, take a step away from my spot. Um, and I would just go and talk to everybody and figure out what they do, how they do it, uh, you know, like their their resume, their background and, and you know, whatever it is that they do, whether it was the sound guy, the camera crew, uh, or, or whoever that was on set. Um, I, I thought that for me, uh, having that be my first experience on a film set, that it was important for me to do that and, and um, ingratiate myself with the cast and crew because it allowed me an opportunity to not only feel more comfortable doing my job, but also it allowed, I, I think, everybody else to kind of feel comfortable doing their job and to, you know, build a, a good camaraderie with not just me, but the entire crew. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's important. I think that's, I mean, I, I think that's a natural reflection, though, of just like who you are. Like, I can't, like, I can't ever imagine you like not integrating with. Uh, you're such an inquisitive person, anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I can't imagine you, like 
<laughs> but you, you know what I mean? I can't, I can't imagine you like not integrating yourself like with others just because you like to know like what's going on and that kind of stuff. But you have such an invite, inviting nature. You, you, you know what I mean? Got you. Um, so it, it all makes sense to me. I hope that's something that you continue to wear, you know, as you as you move forward. No, yeah, I try to. But look, we we gonna we gonna get more into this. So we're actually gonna take a little bit of a break. We got some bills to pay, ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> so we'll be right back with the with the rest of the Hollow Talk podcast. Got it. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. One more of the Hollow Talk podcast. Uh, you know, we're back talking with my big cousin Jason O'Neill, man. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's been amazing so far. So uh, if you don't mind, I wanted to talk to you more about this whole idea of 50-50, right? So like for mm-hmm. me, right, when I first started off in in, uh, in theater, right, like I did drama club in college, you know, the people of the Hotel Podcast know this story. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I started off as, as a stagehand. Like I, I, I moved like the, 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 the stage because like we had like to build our own stage. So like I would move the stage. I would, you know, like, props and you know all those different things right and then oh, yeah. I tra- and then I transitioned oh, yeah. into getting on stage and everything so I, I'm familiar with this idea of 50-50 me personally I like to be on stage a little bit more <laughs> like just just a little bit more uh than than being being a stagehand but for you I wanted to know more about what it is that you wanted to do with being a stagehand and also being an actor as well performer performer i should say thank you sir (laughs) (laughs) thank you uh so well like first off how i ended up even being 50 50 or even starting to learn some behind the camera things or some backstage things was from like really not knowing what i wanted to do like in in general you know like i'm a i mean you know me man i'm a a very very ADD, a little bit of everything person. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I love to like dip and dabble. Um, so, but like, what got me to you know kind of like going like I, it's my goal to spend at least half the year doing one or half the year doing the other, and that's going to be the only way that I make money. Is like, um, I, I did things kind of backwards, right? So like. Young Americans being a part of that program, that was, you know, the program touring and teaching the music workshops and performing with the kids and that stuff. Um, that is for a lot of people. And this is this is not a slight in the least in the least bit, but it, it can be for people that want to go on to, to perform on a bigger scale, like a stepping right. stone. Right. But it also is a place where you can you can kind of grow with them. You know, so I got experience directing shows or or um, stage managing those shows because they teach you everything firsthand there. So like I learned how to build our set and then would perform on it that night. You know, like I, I would be giving people general times that we had to have all the audio and all the lighting done mm-hmm. and like micromanaging like the times for all the classes that are going on with all the kids but still thinking through like my show. So like, it was kind of, kind of giving birth to that, but I didn't know after young Americans exactly how or what I wanted to do. And I kind of just like went with the flow with a lot of things. When I left young Americans, this is like uh, 2009, but I was like 20, (laughs) dang, dang, 23, right? Um, a homie told me, he was like, Hey man, I'm transitioning into, uh, doing production for for reality shows as soon as you get off tour you got a job and I was like I bang with that so when I got off tour he literally hit me I mean like we I parked I used to drive the truck for our Mm -hmm. tour sometimes right um I parked the truck and and my homie Ferris hits me up and goes hey man you busy tomorrow you want to come in and work I was like bro are you like looking at me (laughs) Like, like you know what I mean like um but he got me on and I started working as a PA. And I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with like PAs mm-hmm. for anyone that don't know. They're the production assistants. If you know someone that's PA and give that person love because like they, they are the hardest working humans in the industry because they literally work under everybody, mm-hmm. man. And like they're, they're getting the opportunity to get paid to learn the game. But like sometimes, boy, people do not know how to treat those people. So. Uh, but anyway, so I started off doing that, right? Now, Young Americans, they didn't pay us until, like, I started doing, like, directing and those kinds of things, right? Right. 
So now I'm a PA and I'm working with other PAs that just got out of college. And they're like, no, I'll be taking out trash. Like, you know, my dean of admissions gave me a $10,000 budget. I just shot my own picture like two months ago and this and that. I'm like, time out. You're going to pay me $150 today just to take this trash out and make sure everybody gets their lunch? This is a breeze. Like, so right. I was like, kind of like loving it and moving with it. Right. But I still didn't have like direction or knew what I wanted to do. I did that for a while. And I started to realize how much I missed performing. So there was one season that came up where a friend of mine was like, uh, I carol with this group at downtown Disney. We do Christmas caroling and they need a beatboxer and a baritone. <laughs> and I, bro, I like, I had to sing, man. Like I had which, to like, just which, like, which one did you, which one did you do? Did you beatbox? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, so it's tricky man um when you do six part music the beatboxer is usually the baritone so like if it's like if you're singing six parts there's no beatbox and that person's singing baritone but if it's uh five parts that person is just is just kicking a beat bro <laughs> oh my god so that kind of got me back to like performing and i realized like man i gotta i gotta get back to that so i left California I was doing downtown Disney in uh, mm-hmm. Anaheim and went back to the east coast and I just started auditioning for stuff I did um I did dream girls then I ended up uh booking at a theater in Ohio and, and did little shop of horrors which was like I needed that because that was like my favorite show as a kid that was my favorite musical of all time I got to be the plant like I loved it you know <laughs> but, like but then like performing wasn't paying the bills right Right. like i'm getting like equity points and those kinds of things um to like you know Mm. become an equity actor and like join that union but i wasn't getting money like i needed money well i was like i I learned how to work with my hands like on young americans and a friend reached out was like listen man i got an opportunity i know you know some general handy skills but i can teach you everything else you need to know do you want to come and be a carpenter on a tour and i was like what's that money like he told me the rate and i said yes <laughs> yes i do <laughs> um so i went on tour with what was called the marvel universe live tour which has nothing to do with the cinematic universe isn't that weird very isn't that weird right? very weird so so that's like 2016 uh, i get pulled on to do that uh, and I go on tour and I'm, I'm in over my head, but I, I learned a lot and I toured with them for like a year and a half. We're building sets. But then on top of that, like we're running out, there's like uh, pyro hits going off on the stage and like the audience is looking at the pyro hit. So they don't see us running and breaking apart the stage and running it off, like, like off, you know, uh, just like really cool things like that. I got to learn those dynamics, but I, I got comfortable with like carpentry. Um, then tour ended I, I didn't want to be on the road for a little while so i'm in new york and uh there was a spot to be a carpenter at the public theater so i started working there um and then it kind of clicked with me that i was like every every way that i've been able to start streaming revenue has been with my hands or with mm-hmm. my talents and they're all within the same general field at the time i was doing this thing called task rabbit like to to like subside um which was like you know i go into people's homes build their furniture right like swap like like just just to kind of mm-hmm. like keep keep generating money um but i was like how I, I love doing both of these but how can i make sure i'm always in a good spot without doing anything that isn't you know crew or performing and i just kind of went for it and like i i like really made myself narrow in on like any job that i'm that i'm looking for look how long it goes when I get to like a month or two months out from that job finishing, start looking for another job in that same field and just boldly throw out my resume, have no shame, make relationships, tell people, like, be, be honest and forthright. Like, this is what I'm trying to do. This is the goal. I want to stay within this community. I like doing X, Y, and Z, you know, our family, bro, like our families are families that are charismatic and like, Very we, much we, so. <laughs> we, we, we talk to people and we make relationships. Right. And that was something that came to my benefit. Then I got to a point where I was like, all right, what if I put crew on hold and like really go for it, trying to act. And this is, this is just before the pandemic. Right. So I booked the show. I was really, really thankful to book that show. 
um, it was a show called 125th of Freedom. This we traveled literally, we physically traveled through Harlem, mm-hmm. doing this like fantastical retelling of how Harlem came to be what it is, and how gentrification is changing Harlem. So it was like very culturally rich, um, and it was like life changing. But at the same time, uh, I had my first audition for like a huge show, right? Uh, I auditioned for Hamilton. I went oh, to, uh, shit. <laughs> I went to <laughs> a general open call audition, right? So if you've never auditioned in New York like that, it's terrifying. It's a bro, million people. It's, at this audition. it's so many people. It's so many people. And I was like, in like the first three, I think they took 300 men total. Like this isn't even including like the women that auditioned. Mm-hmm. And they took 300 men total. And I was like one... 140 something <laughs> it was just so many dudes like in this line Shit was in the and in the, in the, yeah right and i'm in the middle and like in my head i'm like bro they've already seen so many they're, mm-hmm. they're not gonna care um so i sang stevie wonder but like uh you know um you can feel it all over you can mm-hmm. feel it all over. so i was singing that song but in the middle when it goes into the piano break uh i used to sing that right but instead i'm like well this is hamilton like we you rap in the show right i started rapping i started just like just like spitting bars over that part my friend michael told me to do it he was like bro you really want to set yourself aside from everybody else like you should just start like just start find a spot just start spitting freestyle so it's like da but da me i'm waves crashing in the ashes that's on the ghost of what my past is like i just started like snapping like fucking out uh, I got I got a callback uh, for the show. Right. Now, if you know anything about Hamilton, it's it's huge, and they constantly have auditions. Yeah. You you don't get a callback for that show on your first audition. Like there's there are people who are in the show now that didn't even get a callback until like the fourth time they auditioned for the show. Um, so I went to the callback and stuff. It didn't it didn't work out, but mm-hmm. like my my pride and my ego were in overdrive that I got that far just just going for it like um and i was really staying in that pocket well auditions slowed down in the summer and i got an opportunity to go that's so that's how i got on tour with stomp mm-hmm. as their carpenter it was like well auditions are slowing down i do need some bread this tour is like 10 months if i did this tour for all 10 months like i could come home with enough paper to like not even work who knows how far i could get auditioning if i like don't have to work for right. a couple months like God knows what could happen, right? Um, but then we got the pandemic, pandemic and yeah. like that that slowed everything down. Um, over the pandemic, I worked a desk job online. Um, I worked for a company called Team Building. It's a really cool company if you've never heard of it. They they do these online workshops where it's basically like, say your company, you know, uh, the only way they can get together this season is virtually. Well, our company offers virtual events that like, can be anything from like a Christmas party to a cocktail hour where we send like a little package to everybody. And, you know, now they can like learn how to make a cocktail all together and cheers each other on the camera. This is pretty cool, <laughs> pretty cool concept. Right. Um, but that same friend that called me uh, to go on the Marvel tour ended up getting pulled on to work on Wakanda forever for Marvel forever. Studios. Right. And he called me and was like, bro. So, so that's, how, that's how you were able to get on there. Okay, got you, got you, got you. To transition into film. Got you. So that, that literally is how the story goes. He's like, we're down in Atlanta. If you can get down here, you can find a place to stay. Uh, we got work. And from then to now, that picture wrapped about four, four, four five-ish months ago. Um, and I've been doing recently what's called uh, day playing. Uh, when you day play, you know, you'll pick up based on like somebody's like, oh, we need a grip that can come in for like this many days. You know, one of the best boys is like, oh, I got this guy, Jay. He's got a good energy. He'll come help out for a couple of days, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for another Marvel project that's going to be coming out next year. They just released it so I can say it. It's, okay, uh, it's okay. Echo. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just about to ask you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's called Echo. Now I don't know a lot about this character. I know in the Marvel world, Echo I think is an apprentice of um, the Daredevil. 
that, that is all I know. <laughs> and I know I'm, that, that's, that's about as much as I know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I know that we shot a scene in a bar and um, I saw uh, uh, a, a fight happen with a pinball machine. And I've never seen I've never seen like the fake glass before. Very cool. <laughs> very, very cool. <laughs> like, this is awesome. Uh, but I'm currently working on, I, I can't disclose this one yet because it's, uh, but I'm currently working on a show that is going to be in its second season on Amazon Prime. So like, I, you know, like it's, there's a lot of work. I, out I, here. <laughs> I, I think I might know what you're talking about. You think I think so. Uh, I, I'm not going to say anything because I don't think I can say anything, <laughs> even though I ain't a part of it. But if, if, if it's what I think it is, it's a really good show, ladies and gentlemen. I, I will say it is a show uh, about black folk. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. All right. So then we good. Then. All right. All right. All right. So all right, we, all right, we it good. Show, it's definitely a show about black folk. All right. We good. Then. We good. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so it's, and I think with the 50 50 thing, it really came, it started with being unsure of just what I wanted to do, period. And then being sure that, like, no matter what I do, whether it's the performing side or the crew side, I always want to be doing this. But I also like, there's a part of me, I, I like to always feel like I'm giving something to people. And you know firsthand, bro. Like, you, you, you've acted, you've been on the stage, like, you, you've been behind the camera. Like, don't you just feel like you're giving a gift to the people consuming that? Yeah, I do. So, so, uh, so I, I, t- I tell the story often, um, like my last play that I did in college, right? So, the the whole idea of it uh was was about this this uh this interracial couple and mm. it was it was surrounded around this picture that both of them had but they both had two like the 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 top part of the picture and the bottom part of the picture and um they basically tell the story of just you know the relationship and and the, the the trials and tribulations that they go through, but it's all surrounding like the the idea of what this picture is once you bring it together. So at the end of it, they brought the picture together, and it was a family, like it was it was a not not I wouldn't even say a family. It was a, a, a gathering of white people, um, mm. which was the guy's family. So he he was he was the the, the guy in a relationship with the black woman, and the black woman had the bottom of the picture and it was it was three it was a mother and i want to say a son or two sons and they were hanging from the bottom of this bridge yeah so when the picture came together it was this it was the same you know the the same occurrence one photo right right it was was one photo and it was both of their families together so they was it was just talking about like all of that stuff but saying all that to say i had a talk with with the um what what they with the cast and crew and we were just you know kind of getting an overview of what the story's about and like how important it is to tell the story the way that we're telling it and my character i was um i want to say i was a whisperer which was basically like the the conscience of everyone else in the in the uh the play it was me and two and two other people i believe um playing that role but we were like you know telling the truth of everything already kind of yeah. like giving the 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 audience insight on what you're going to see at the end of this like and it's going to be some heavy shit (laughs) you know know, so like i i think um like having that experience uh specifically in in this this um you know this particular job if you will (laughs) um it, it was important for me to have that background knowledge of what i was acting out and once i acted it out it was very very important to me to see the reactions that everyone had and the, the the talkbacks at the end of the play and how it made everybody feel so it was definitely important to me the second and third time we did that show uh yeah you know to be <laughs> like yo like we're doing something really really important and we need to take it really really serious yeah and it's, know, it's raw and, and it's raw so too raw. Yeah, it was, yeah it was it was everybody was crying and you know everybody just uh. felt felt you know uncomfortable if you will but you know it it opened up a lot of conversations for not only us as the cast to have but the audience you know and and that was a really really dope experience for me 
you know that, that I'm that I'm glad I could talk about on the Hollow Talk podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I'm really I'm really glad you have this platform to talk on. By the way, like I've I've always since since we were young, I have always looked at you as a person that can like just really heard and navigate through conversation. Like you can heard others and, and navigate others through conversation. So I, I think you are you are definitely finding your medium, Cuzzo. I'm very very proud of you, man. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, man. I, I mean, I, I, I always knew I wanted to 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 do something as far as being able to have conversations with people because I just know how important certain conversations are, especially with mm-hmm. people that you that you trust, you feel comfortable with, or or even just having a space to feel comfortable. And I, I I'm pretty sure you're tired of hearing me say this, but <laughs> it's, it's like it, it's not too many places where you can feel comfortable just talking about anything. Like like we we didn't talk about anything like crazy on here or whatever but you felt comfortable enough to come on here and just talk about your experience or the things that yeah. you that that you went through as far as you know like what your job is and you know how much you enjoy it and the things that you want to do the goals you got set for yourself like even just having a platform to do that like that's important to do like you don't got to talk about anything traumatic or you know like the things you would talk about with a therapist per se but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... It, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't always have to be yeah i feel yeah. i feel you you yeah. just you know just able to reflect on the things you've done and the things that you want to do and that's just as important as anything else you would talk about and i'm just happy yeah. that i'm able to provide a platform for people to do that along with myself being able to do that yeah well, this is, I, I want you to keep going. Uh, when when should I expect uh, a t-shirt to show up at my door, <laughs> bro? Like, so, like, everybody's asking me this. So, the merch is still on the way. The merch is still on the way. Um, uh, we, we got some sample pieces out okay, that, that, people okay, seen, okay. that people have seen on the podcast oh, yeah, that I, oh, yeah. I've worn. Is, uh, it, is it the graphic? Is it the, the actual, like, yeah, it, so, so I, so I have, I a, I have a few different ones. I have a few different <laughs> okay. ones. Uh, a few different logos. We got the, uh, the, the wristband right here. You know, oh, I, I, okay, I got a wristband. Okay. A wristband. I got a wristband. All right, all right, all <laughs> so right. the Hollow Talk podcast wristband. You know the Instagram is back here too. This, this, this is for the this is for the visual viewers. Bro, this, this, you making moves, man. All I'm saying is like I I, I personally need to represent Philly out here in yeah. uh, in Atlanta. You know, and there's nothing better than a dope T-shirt. You know, over my long john, over over my long john boy. <laughs> Right with the with the with the Scully that got the that got the logo boy like it's like they gonna know what block I'm from. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we 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 definitely gonna have all that coming soon, man. It's it's definitely coming soon, and you know I I just I just gotta be thankful and grateful to you know not just my guests and everything, but the the fans and the supporters of of me and the Hollow sure. Talk podcast because you know everybody is excited for the the new steps and the and the leaps that we're finna take. You know, I, I every season we've we've stepped our game up. You know, like literally every season. Oh uh, yeah, I uh, I'm immersing myself yeah. in your stuff. Yeah. I, I'm definitely I'm noticing I'm noticing uh, growth and evolution. It's it's yeah, impressive, man. man. You know, we we got we got some <laughs> we got some big things in store. But like like again, like when I when I take some time to just reflect on it, like it, it's it's amazing to 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 have stuck with doing this for the the amount of time that I've done. Like I'm. I'm I'm at eighty plus episodes. You know, yeah. gener- generally people don't even make it to five. Like, yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> you know, so, consistency, man. So you know, for for the for, for the simple fact that I've I've built up a platform from the ground up where it's respectable enough to to where people want to come on and be a part of the this this process and this journey of growing the hollow talk podcast i think that more than anything speaks the most volumes for me you know that that this that this is a, a respectable platform this isn't you know something yeah. that you know that 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 people just like i don't know what the hell this is or whatever like you know I, i've had a, a lot of dope people come on here that have a lot of <laughs> cachet if you will <laughs> sure <laughs> you know, so so shouts out to all of you guys honestly because I wouldn't want to hear myself talk the whole time, so you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I I thank y'all for for uh, trusting in me and believing in me enough to want to come on and share your stories and and you know, uh, just chopping it up with me, man. Yeah, man. This is. I'm glad you have a platform for it. If you ever want me back, I will 
We'll gladly come back, man. This is this is cool. No, absolutely. All right. So uh so before I get you out of here, customary to the Hollow Talk podcast. Yes. If, if you could provide three gems to the people, please do. Okay. All right. So the the first one, uh I believe it is our responsibility to unabashedly love one another as humans unconditionally. Absolutely. So if you're ever in a position to do so, help the person, whether you know them or not, on your left and on your right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say the second thing is uh, if you ever have the opportunity to work with a young person, tell them something you wished somebody a little older and a little cooler would have told you at that age a hundred percent right and then um number three yes okay number three is do everything to the best of your abilities while not taking yourself too seriously Hey, I could I couldn't put it better myself. <laughs> listen, listen, man. Yeah. I, I want to thank you so much, Kazo, for coming on to the Hot Talk <laughs> Podcast and talking to me, man. I appreciate. It. I, I had a, a great, great, great time talking to you um, up and everything, brother, brother. Very much the same. Uh, I look forward to uh, just seeing and hearing more of your content. I'm rooting for you. I want you to keep going, Doc. I appreciate it. So, you know, uh, as always, I want to thank the Hollow Talk podcast listeners and supporters for supporting us through and through, not just me, but my guests as well. We, you know, we all thank y'all for supporting us and, you know, supporting everything that we're doing. Um, you know, we wouldn't be nothing without y'all, honestly. <laughs> and, and again, cuz, thank you, man. I love you. I appreciate you. And we definitely going to have you back on. You know, I, I really, really appreciate you and thank you. Uh, Definitely. Last thing too, if if you if you want to put out your social medias for the people to follow you, just the time to do it. If not, I understand. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm. I don't have the biggest presence to be honest. Uh, when when this goes to drop, I'll, I'll drop socials and all those things uh, as I'm as I'm sharing. But I, bro, I'm so corny, man. <laughs> I'll be doing nothing on the internet, bro. Hey, hey, for me. <laughs> all right. Well, like I said, man, it's been another episode of the Hollow Talk Podcast. Cuzzo, I want to thank you again. I appreciate you and I love you. And again, to the Hollow Talk Podcast listeners and supporters, thank you guys as well. And we truly appreciate y'all. Peace. Peace. <laughs>Hey everybody, this is Jetpack Nick and you just listened to another episode of the Hollow Talk Podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, topic ideas, or you yourself would like to be a guest on the Hollow Talk Podcast, you can reach us at our email, thehollowtalkpodcast at gmail.com and across all social media platforms at the Hollow Talk Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in and remember to make your mark in a world designed to inspire the dreamers.